0: With the 22nd pick in the 2010 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select Demaryius Thomas. Shotgun for Tim Tebow. Sets, throws, pass caught. Demaryius Thomas out over the 45 midfield. Here we go. 40, 35 foot race. 20, 15, 10. Touchdown! Denver is over. I'm honored. I'm grateful. Um, I'm appreciative. There's so many things I could say, and. Um, I'm just happy to say, I'm done, and it, it, it did me well.
1: Wants to try my 18-layer dip? It's got beans, cheese, birdseed, guac, chocolate chip. One warning, if you're allergic to uh, peanuts or bee stings, I would eat it. What
0: you talking about? Who the hell are you talking to? Charlie Blackman is the batting champion, more like the ugly champion. If God doesn't like the Broncos, then why is the sky blue and the sunsets orange? I'm your host, Matt Kennedy. We had a few days off, had to recover with some mental health stuff and just get recuperated back into the swing of things. And the first episode back, of course, this is the one we're choosing to come back with. We woke up to some very somber news this morning, or if you were up at 9 p.m. last night at Mountain Time, you saw a break on Twitter. Uh, the news of former Denver Broncos wide receiver in future ring of famer, should be Hall of Famer, our beloved Demaryius Thomas has been reported by the Roswell, Georgia police on Thursday night that DT was found dead in his home. Preliminary reports according to the police indicated that Thomas's death might have resulted from a medical issue. Other reports suggest after some further studies that it may have been a seizure that stemmed from after effects he struggled with from his car crash back in 2019. DT was 33 years old and would have turned 34 on Christmas Day. This is from espn this morning according to one of demarius's first cousins who grew up with dt so close they considered themselves siblings told the associated press that the family believes he died from a seizure and i quote he had been suffering from seizures for over a year and we believe he had a seizure when he was showering that is how police actually have come out to find him they responded to a potential cardiac arrest report and police came in and found dt in his home in Roswell, georgia in the shower and he was pronounced dead later And uh, they're not sure when he died, they spoke with him yesterday during the day. So I can't emphasize how how sad we are this morning and how great of a player DT was besides him being a fantastic player. He was one of my all-time favorites growing up and will be remembered as one of the greatest Broncos in franchise history. Some career stats for you. During the five-year stretch to start his career, including the 2015 and 16 season, so a five-year stretch. Thomas was second in yards, 6,870, fourth in touchdowns with 46, and second in catches with 492. He was the most productive wide receiver of the last decade and probably the second-best receiver in Broncos history besides Rod Smith. And if you look at the response on Twitter, on social media, or really any platform that... Has Demaryius Thomas's name on it. The words that you are seeing attached to those posts are heartbroken, sad, wrecked, speechless, and utterly destroyed emotionally and mentally. Demaryius was an amazing, amazing human being, amazing player. The way that he served off the field and the way he led on the field. His smile, his character, his charisma, and his ability to make other other players. Felt seen in his ability to make other people felt known and loved, and we just want to acknowledge that here in the show this morning. Love you, DT. We'll miss you. Praying for your family, and I hope you are resting in God's kingdom with with Jesus. So we cannot go without talking about that. But that wasn't was on the initial docket for today's show. Um, we're talking some CSU football today to bring some positivity into today's light. We're talking some Colorado State football. And they introduced Jay Norvell as a brand brand new head coach this week, as well as tight end Trey McBride winning the John Mackey Award, which they gave to the best tight end in the country. That happened last night. And we're chatting with Justin Michael from DNVR Rams here on the pod today. He's our Rams guy. We love Justin. We'll talk some DT with him as well. He's wearing his Demaryius Thomas jersey. Everybody, everybody's feeling the loss of Demaryius Thomas this morning. So let's jump into it. Jay Norvell, who the heck is the new head honcho in Fort Collins. Well, here's some quick facts for you on Jay that you need to know and what you can expect from him moving into his tenure. Norvell has been the head coach at Nevada since 2016. And while his time while coaching the the Wolf Pack, he's been electric. They've been one of the better teams in the Mountain West. Their offense has been fantastic. His air raid system and aggressive play calling combined with the talent that Norvell had brought into the program, thanks to excellent recruiting, has made them Really difficult to defend. The last game Norvell actually coached was in Canvas Stadium against CSU, where they put up 52 points in a win against Steve Adazio, which the game he got ejected in, poetic to say the least. Then Norvell has come in, beat Adazio in his own place, kicked him out of his game, and then stole his job. <laughs> he was introduced in a press conference a couple of days ago and made everyone feel good about his hiring. He was genuine, brought some really good points to the table about wanting a really good offense with big players. Big guys. And he said the guys who are going to play for him, he wants them to be motivated. And he said, manners matter. And I quote, It's amazing when people treat other people with respect, how few problems we have. So that is the kind of guy that Jay is. We'll talk about him as well as Trey McBride, all his accolades. We'll break it down with Justin Michael from DNVR Rams here on AC. All righty. Well, I am here um, on a very somber Friday morning, but hopefully we can bring some positivity into it um, with Justin Michael from DNVR Rams. Justin, uh, good morning. And we were just talking uh, prior to me pushing the record button. It this morning sucks. It, it, it sucks a lot. And we'll just kind of get it out of the way. Um, who the, I mean, I mean, who the crap cares about what the Rams record has been. Um, this season, when it comes to, when it comes to CSU football, but there's a lot of good things we can talk about when it comes to the Rams and, and, and coach Norvell and Trey McBride. But I want to tackle this first. As of last night, former Denver Broncos wide receiver, uh, Thomas, um, has passed away at the age of 33. He was one of the best people to walk through that Dove Valley locker room, both on and off the field. And if you're on Twitter last night, if you're on Twitter this morning, you've seen the outpouring, the respect, the tears, the, the, the tributes. And Justin, you're wearing a, a Justin, uh, you're wearing a Demarius Thomas jersey as we speak. You said he was your favorite player. How are you feeling about it? And what was your favorite Demarius Thomas moment growing up as as a fan, being a Denver Broncos fan?
1: Yeah, man, it's it's surreal this morning, right? I mean, only 33 years old. It's it's just tragic that we lost such a great dude so so early. I mean. I I literally don't know anybody that ever had anything bad to say about Demaryius Thomas as a person. Some Broncos fans, you know, they got a little, they got a little skeptical of him at the end. I know he had some drop problems. I don't, I don't think there's ever been an NFL player that I got blue in the face defending more than Demaryius Thomas and just being like, you don't understand what he brings to this offense. If you say he's overrated and yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, I mean, favorite moment. There's just so many, uh, (laughs) um, He gave me a, a pair of gloves after that overtime win over the Patriots in 2015 as really? they were leaving the stadium. Me and my dad were sitting in the in the wow. first row in my grandfather's seats, and he comes over and he just tosses them to me. I was shocked because I was, you know, in like a freshman or sophomore in college at the time. There was like a little kid sitting right next to me, and he gave them to me <laughs> instead, <laughs> um, which I loved, but I was wearing a Demarius Thomas jersey. So, you know, like... I, I, I don't know. I just, that moment will always stick out other than that. I mean, how do you not love the, the Steelers overtime win or yeah. I mean, I remember it was like a regular season game against the Arizona Cardinals where Demarius Thomas, I was at it. He just went off. He had like an 80 yard screen touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think he housed another long touchdown later in the game. Just that big playability. Like he was such a big dude, but he was so fast in the open field.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, um, his first rookie year, 2010. Uh, his first game, he missed the first game of the season, but he came in the second game, played against Seattle, almost had a hundred-yard game, caught a touchdown, had like eight receptions off of nine targets, just impressive in his first in his first outing. And and I was a kid, used to call into the that Dave Logan show all the time. And um, I remember calling into a show that week. And I was like, man, that guy, I can't remember his name, DT or something. Like, he's a really good player. And I was a kid, so I, I was ignorant. he's, he's like, Matt, it's like, I'll tell you this right now. This is this is a this is Dave Logan talking. He's like, You'll never forget the name Demaris Thomas by the end of his career. And and that rings true today, and that and that still holds to be one of my favorite Demaris Thomas moments because I'm like, Yeah, we'll never forget. That dude who who walked on, on on the field for the Broncos, and so we'll we'll remember him um, in our prayers and in our thoughts. Uh, but yeah, but Justin, you know how big of an impact player he was, and we'll be feeling that for a good few days, maybe longer. But um, let's let's bring some positivity into it. A very exciting and busy week for yourself covering Rams football and basketball, but uh, no, uh, but no games for the for the Rams football team. It was a historic signing for uh for for head coach now and a head coach Jay Norvell. And now the best tight end in the country officially in Trent McBride winning the Mackey Award um, this last week. And so, first of all, it was breaking news on Monday that CSU is hiring a Mountain West Conference coach and the Nevada Wolfpack head coach, Jay Norvell, who played against CSU just a couple weeks ago. He got Steve Dazio ejected, beat him 52 to 10, and then took his job. A very poetic (laughs) series of events happening right there. But give me your overall thoughts on the hiring because it appears to be a very big win uh, for the CSU football program.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he was one of the very few guys where you could you could announce him, and know that it was just going to be a home run. Know that you know everybody in the fan base is is going to be excited because you know being in the Mountain West, CSU fans, they've had a front row seat to how explosive this Nevada offense has been the last couple of years. Yeah, in in three games against CSU, Jay Norvell teams have never scored less than forty two points. You know they're putting up twenty plus first downs, five hundred yards of offense, like. They, they, they were basically everything CSU wasn't in terms of being able to stretch the field and, and just being generally exciting to watch. And I think Norvell is a guy that can come in and just you know immediately reenergize the fan base. He, he killed the press conference, yeah, came off extremely genuine, which is hard to do. Like I will say it's more of a red flag if you don't do well at your intro press conference. Like even coaches that are bad people,
0: Typically Campbell.
1: tend to do pretty good at these because he just you throw a lot of cliches out, you know, we're gonna work harder than everyone else and all that. But he didn't really do that and I and I really appreciated it. And the the thing that intrigues me, and I know I'm rambling here, is just that he's a guy that two weeks ago came into Canvas Stadium, experienced it completely empty, basically, saw CSU at its worst. I mean, they won yeah. 52 to 10, and he still was willing to come because he knows the potential, the resources, you know, everything that totally. CSU has going for them. Hopefully, you know, considering what he was able to do with a significantly smaller budget, you know, I think the the thinking is, why wouldn't he be more successful against the exact same competition, but just with way more resources at his disposal?
0: Well, he was a what was the lowest paid coach on an annual basis in the Mountain West, less than a million dollars per year at, at Nevada, and so he's coming. Yeah, in- six
1: hundred thousand a
0: year. He tripled his salary overnight. Wow. And then, I mean, even that compared to a Mel Tucker contract, it's, it's amazing. And he's willing to take that and he's going to do hopefully just as good as a job. Um, and, and the Rams are going to be thankful for, it. he said a lot of things in his press conference. You were there a couple of days ago in Fort Collins. And one of the things that stood out was his vision for the offense for CSU. He's an offensive minded coach. He did a lot of it um, at, at Nevada, transformed that offense to be one of the best in the mountain West, one of the best in the country, if you want to make that argument, but he talked about having a confident quarterback who is accurate who can throw the football well, and also having big wide receivers. He says they want to get hit. And he says they want to have big players, just big players in general, who nearly make it impossible to guard going up against because everyone's just so dang big. And when you talk about what he did at Nevada and what he, what he said at his press conference, um, do you think he can replicate, if not perfect, that offense here at CSU with the resources that he now has?
1: I mean, you, you would hope so. I guess I, ultimately they're going to have to go out and recruit, right? Because right now they're not, a roster that's built for the air raid. So it's going to be interesting to see from a roster turnover standpoint, especially between now and August. Like I imagine some of these guys that initially decide to stick around will experience spring ball. You lose a couple more, you know? So, I mean, they're, they're really going to have to change this roster. I think for it to fit what they want to do, they just, they don't have those big bodied wide receivers on the roster at the moment for years under Bobo. You had a bunch of them, you know, Warren Jackson and Preston Williams and even a couple of lower guys that ended up transferring out. All of those guys would have been perfect in this system. You still have Dante Wright, who's really explosive, but I mean, he's not, you know, like a six foot six wide receiver, you know, he's a smaller speedy guy. And he did add that there's all different types of wide receivers, right? And and then there's different roles for each guy and it's knowing how to scheme them and get them open and use all of their use. So I'm I'm sure he can find a way to get Mm -hmm. right involved, but it's going to be interesting because I think that's going to have to be the biggest point of emphasis in this recruiting cycle: is going out and, and adding talent at the receiver position and trying to land a quarterback, maybe two.
0: Yeah, one of those players. who we wish we could see stick around for another year. And I'm sure Novell would like him a lot. Is of course, Trey McBride, the best tight end in the country. Now, officially future first round pick, hopefully future NFL. Great. Um, John Mackey, award winner, Trey McBride, he was awarded was back on Wednesday. Was it already Friday? It was that uh, last night? La- last night. God, like, yeah. golly. Okay, it's been a weird twenty-four hours. It has been a weird twenty-four hours. Everything kind of blends together. But it, but it's only the second time in school history, if I'm correct, that a CSU player has won an individual award of that caliber. A history-making week for both Trey and the C-Shoe program.
1: Yeah, it was just nice to see. It was it was great to see him get the recognition he deserved, even. In in spite of the the lack of team success, you know, that's kind of what I was worried about was the fact that CSU was a three and nine team. They're not power five. He only had two touchdowns on the season. But when you look at his production and you compare it to everyone else in the country, I mean he was just on another level. He was eleventh overall in receptions, not at the tight end position, just period. He's the only yeah. tight end in the top fifty. Everyone else is wide receivers. He almost averaged a hundred receiving yards per game again at the tight end position, and he's not one of these Julius Thomas types, you know, that's flexed right. on the outside and only runs routes. He's a tremendous blocker. Most of his snaps are coming in line. There just wasn't anything he didn't do for this team, and it was great to see because I think anybody that you you know might be going oh, Colorado State guy, they only went three and nine. Put on that dude's film. Yeah. He's the best tight end in the country. It's not even close. Just put not on the game close. film
0: from the last game.
1: Against Nevada, and that's enough to convince somebody, right? I mean, when you watch the way he can make plays, he's just—he's so rare. Like he's got these soft hands, but his ability to produce yards after the catch because he's a good athlete makes him really tough to bring down in the open field when he gets going. He's too strong for corners. Yeah, like it's just—it's a tough matchup. He's a guy that I think NFL scouts are are really going to be excited about, and he's also just one of those dudes personality-wise that coaches like because. He just lives, breathes, and sleeps football. So he's going to get in those interview rooms and they're going to be like, what do you do for fun? And he's going to be like, I play football. (laughs) Well, what else do you do? Like, I watch football. Like,
0: it's just football all the time. You don't have to worry about anything else with this guy. That's good. They love to see it. So, Justin, after this whole week, after Jay, after Trey, give me one word to describe your overall feeling and vibe of the CSU, the current state of the CSU football program.
1: Uh, optimistic, I would say, yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think people recognize that there's going to be an uphill battle. You know, the, the roster turnover can make things interesting competing in year one or, you know, winning a championship or something in year one, that's likely not going to happen like Blake Anderson did at Utah state. But I think they've, the feeling is they have the right guy in place. And because of that, I think there's going to be more patience from the fan base moving forward. Whereas I mean, fair or not, Adazio was just not the coach that CSU fans wanted. And so I think the minute that we started to see things get, you know, bad, that just kind of validated the opinion of most of the fans You know, we're out on this guy. We don't, we don't want him. Hopefully he loses when we get rid of him. Whereas, you know, if Norvell kind of struggles, if there's some frustrating moments early, I think people are, they're going to be a little bit more patient and just be like, all right, well, let's see what he can do. Let's, you know, let him build it up. They're excited about the direction it's heading and, you know, guys like him and Alford are they're the few candidates where you could really do that, you know, like and you, you brought in a Gary Patterson. People are going to be like, we want to win right away because when you're an old, you know, kind of grumpy, like you don't inspire people, and, unless you're winning, what is there really to be excited about?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll see exactly what happens in the future. We'll see how recruiting goes and we'll see how uh, Jay continues to set the new culture of this hopefully potentially winning football team. So, Justin, appreciate your coverage. We'll look forward to the coverage to come and thanks for your time here this morning.
1: Always enjoy coming on and, and talking sports with you. Rest, it, rest in peace, Demarius. We're going to miss you, buddy. Love you, boss.
0: Love you, DT. Once again, big shout out and thank you to Justin Michael from DNVR Rams for joining us today on ACE. Make sure to follow DNVR Rams and Justin T. Michael. On Twitter, also follow the DNVR Sports because they're releasing a uh, special episode today We're talking about Demaryius Thomas. We love the guys over at DNVR. They're our go-tos. They love talking down their sports and they're just really charismatic and they know their stuff. As for today, that is all she wrote. We'll see you guys on Monday. We'll talk some more Colorado sports of what happens over the weekend and then some other breaking news hopefully will come about come Monday morning which we can bring you guys some great coverage here on the show. If you want to go ahead and follow the AC Sports Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast or Spotify. As for now, have a good weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Peace.